this show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Welcome back, listeners. It's Indie Comic Book Noise. Yes. We have a special, a classic, Phil and Andy two-hander. We are fighting the technical gremlins to get Whirlwind X Kevin back on. But... That's not true. Andrew kicked Kevin off because he was going to talk about Black Hammer. Yes. We may not get our Black Hammer today. <laughs> no. But we're going to keep on our technical advisors are working at this very moment. So fingers crossed Kevin will miraculously show up in the middle of this recording if we have any anything to say about that i don't know fingers crossed right phil mm-hmm. yeah you never know but uh and Su- super steve is off battling his own technical gremlin so i hope i hope i hold on to you phil that's what i'm uh, looking for <laughs> maybe for like the next 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> oh no no one wants a solo one <laughs> but anyways uh, any comic book noise part of the deliberate noise network fine collection of podcasts Go check them out. Thanks to Derek Coward, as always. Also, if you heard a recent episode that sounded particularly high-class audio, that was thanks to Kevin, who jumped in and helped me out. I got a little behind on the time. So wherever mm-hmm. you are, Kevin, thank you for that. As you heard from the beginning of the show, sometimes we have spoilers or strong language or whatever, but I don't think we're really all that salty, especially Phil and I. It's going to be a pretty no. mellow just a it's little just short us, one. so it should be good. Yeah. Just yeah. a little quick thing. We're not going to take it long unless we can get Kevin in. Then we can get him, but you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter. Some of the hosts are on Blue Sky. I'm also on Mastodon. You know, you would you can find old uh, shows and show notes at indiecombooknoise.com. So check that out if you want to. We're coming up on our 10th anniversary, Phil, unless this episode airs after our 10th anniversary. <laughs> I thought it was 15, but it's 10, eh? Yeah, we're 10 years into this thing. It's hard to believe. Well, some of us have been... A bunch of us started on the Marvel Noise thing ahead of it. So that's where and, we've been. Like, Steve was the first into the show. And then yeah. Kevin and I jumped in and started doing Marvel Noise. This is before... And and I did a podcast with Kevin before... Yes, I appeared on Marvel Noise, and then you guys kicked me off that. Yes, and so our fr- well, you did some and... of the old Thunderbolts. You were on some of that. You were you yeah, were on no, Marvel no. Noise, but it was in. Uh, we did a special Halloween in late October of 2013. Was our first mm-hmm. indie, and that's when the four of us took over, and we've been going strong ever since. I mean, yeah, you know, because I think we just wanted a podcast where we could talk a bit about yeah. some other stuff yes because i think because you guys did marvel for so long yeah and it also just for a little spice it up a bit i guess and it also freed up marvel noise keeps steve keeps that thing running pretty regular yeah and this indie like sometimes look we try about two episodes a month sometimes we do we've done three well, or four we're, and, good, we're good now this year we were very good but in past years we, we had some bad yeah, years and but sometimes this year we were good you know we'll go a month without one so i think it, it just mm-hmm. kept it less more flexible which we all appreciated 
also it's hard to get all four of us so sometimes it's just yeah one two one or two or, i don't think we've done any solo episodes though i'm always telling kevin do a solo episode well but. i always wanted to i'm just not a good talker like you guys so it just i would have too much trouble i think yeah and plus oh and plus we have uh the a team shows up uh dan no, and uh, bob gar Kevin said they were going to show up all the time. I've only yeah. seen, isn't it only once so far? They, they've, What's I think they've on? done maybe three episodes. Yeah, Kevin promised oh, okay. like once a month or something. And, yeah. But that's Kevin, you know, over-promise, under-deliver. Yeah. But I thought, like I said, we we're going to keep it short. I just have a couple books I wanted to chat about, and Phil was gracious enough to humor me. Like I said, we're keeping the fingers crossed for Kevin to show up. But I, I'm uh, back on the library reads, boys. I like the library it's just a handy way (laughs) yeah also space is the enemy and some of these things i really enjoy but you're at the point at once yeah Yeah. and you're also like i've got so many comics and i'm always like am i gonna read this again no it's different like some of them maybe you got them signed or a sketch or like that's a whole but that's only maybe one bookshelf maybe total or some sentimental like oh i remember why i bought that like it connects with something else for most of yeah. us, like, I don't know, if I had infinite amount of time, wouldn't I rather go read all the comics I have that I haven't read even once <laughs> that sit in my place? You know, I got books around yeah. here I haven't read, so. Oh, me too, for sure. But I also reread my books. Like, I, w- I have a gigantic collection of trades and comics, but I'd say half of my stuff I reread all the time, and then half of it I could probably get rid of. Because it was like a one-time read, whether I enjoyed it or not. Yeah, I, and I do reread some, but I I don't know. Well, that, that's one of the nice things about having the show too. It kind of directs us to be like, I love when you guys are like, okay, we gotta read this, because then it means, oh, good, I gotta go read that. That gives me, you know, another reason to go reread something or read yeah. it for the first time. But I I was looking up something can't even remember what oh i was looking up the coming up for our special we're gonna do a halloween episode this year phil fingers crossed mm-hmm. and something ended up putting gil crane kane across my bow and wally okay. wood and those guys and i was like man i wonder if the library has a collection of that thunder agents from tower comics yeah. and i, I there couldn't was a find wally it wood book i was gonna order i have to order stuff i forget what it was but uh i have a bunch of the collections i have like woodworks yeah i'm really digging his stuff lately yeah he's really good but i was like oh i don't think i have that and they didn't have that but they did have another book that has wally wood gil Mm -hmm. kane and jim shooter phil oh yeah (laughs) it's from idw it's captain action the classic collection now okay i don't know captain action Captain Action, and they Mark Wade has a nice intro that kind of lays it out. But basically, kind of before Mego's World Greatest Superheroes in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, those are the toys Steve and I talk a lot about. They're these little six-inch yep. dolls, and they have oh, fabric clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Star yeah. Trek and DC and Marvel and Planet of the Apes. Before them, uh, Hasbro invented these big, tall G.I. Joe dolls. I think they're like 12 inches or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like Barbie dolls for boys. I have so, one of those, too. So the idea is you sell the doll, and then you sell different outfits. Like, oh, now he's in the Marines or whatever. Yeah. So that idea took off. So a rival mm-hmm. company, Ideal Toys, they did the Evil Knievel stunt bike later on in the 70s, that one with the 
ripcord they mm-hmm. got pitched the idea why don't we do our own little doll with outfits and ideal had a bunch of licenses so they could do they did like a captain america outfit and like a firefighter oh. outfit and all these little yeah. doll outfits and this is the late 60s yeah. Now, this is before... I never saw Captain Action as a kid that I recall. Isn't he the one that also had a Freddy Cougar one that uh, they had to get rid of just because have it, like he had a costume where he could turn to Freddy Cougar? Is that the same toy? Yeah, uh, no. That was related. No. Oh. Similar idea, but it's very mm-hmm. similar. This Because this one is from the late 60s. But the oh, okay. exact same yeah, idea. Okay. And it... Once the Batman 66 kind of flash, I think mm-hmm. Captain Action, while popular for a few years, kind of died. So yeah. then they ended up doing this. And wait, folks, hold, oh, brace shit. yourself. I think we might have a Whirlwind X showing up. Kevin, is that you? Is this me? Yes, we you fought Andrew through. promised Andrew no Black Hammer today. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, Kevin. I have just started out. We did all our intro stuff. And I am discussing from IDW, the Captain Action Classic Collection, featuring Gil right. Hollywood, Jim Shooter. Just giving a little story. So Captain Action was this doll that you could dress up as all these different figures. So that was a licensing opportunity for DC. So they're like, hey, let's get Jim Shooter, famous child comic book writer, and Wally Wood to do the art and do a comic. Not only lasted a handful of issues... Because, like I said, the, the toy kind of died and the trend died. But it's really interesting. And they gave him a sidekick and everything. So I just really like it because it starts out with Shooter and Wally Wood. And so they have to come up with the backstory. So their backstory is uh, Captain Action, before he gets his powers, and his nemesis were archaeologists. And they find these magic coins. And what it turns out is all the mythological gods, Phil, were aliens. <laughs> and they came to the planet... Yeah. And they, so like Odin and Zeus mm-hmm. and all the different gods of the Greek and Roman and Indian and everything, and Native American, they were all, so what they did when they left the planet, they imbued these coins with their superpowers. So then the good guy who's going to become Captain Action collects all the coins and the evil guy, he can't steal the coins, they burn him, so he finds the coin of the god of evil. So oh, okay. he's the... And it, it's, it's a great name for a god. Just yeah. is that his name? Just God of Evil? Yeah, he's the Charnabog, the god of evil. And it's just the most ridiculous... Like, Jim Shooter overlathers this whole premise. Like, he takes, like, three pages of all the gods having all these meetings and everything. So, mm-hmm. the archaeologist goes back. He has his son, who's going to be a sidekick. He also has a pet panther, randomly, that's going to disappear after an issue. But I guess they wanted, like, a sidekick animal. <laughs> Yeah, didn't work out, I guess. The other thing I like is now they have to kind of base it on the doll, but he has like a captain's hat and a very generic outfit. And then his mm-hmm. son is Action Boy who wears a beret. But it's just <laughs> fun because you get to see Wally Wood draw. They put him in the DC universe so you get to see him draw Superman for like three days. Okay. So That's he gets cool. a fight. And then they decide to... He only carries a few coins with him. They decide that I guess he's just overpowered. So they get rid of a bunch of the coins. And then Gil Kane jumps in on issue two. And you can totally tell Gil Kane has a lot of up-nose shots that I love. Where, like, the character, it's from underneath and you see the up-nose. So it's Wally Wood meets him. So sometimes it looks very Wally Wood. Sometimes it looks Gil Kane. 
Well, spoiler, Gil Kane's going to take over, and it's going to very much look super Gil Kane. So basically, they a bunch of the coins are going to get lost, so he's just down to a mm-hmm. few coins. And then he melts them into rings. And I was going to make some very crude jokes about what he does with those yeah. rings, but I will not, Phil. I'm classy. So he just... But that's a good idea, though, making it so he doesn't lose yeah. them as much. And in this IDW trade, they put in all these real ads... And then the brand got revived a few years ago by a new company, kind of like how Valiant mm-hmm. did. And so they're selling the dolls, and they put some ads in. Because, you know, DC yeah. used to have those dumb half-page ads, so that's what they fill it with, their Captain Action ads. So when Gil Kane takes over, he gets a new bad guy, creates a whole new mythos that's very dark. I mean, very dark. Captain Action's wife died. And the big bad in Gil Kane's version is her father. So it goes through this thing that turns him into this blue monstrosity that now wants to kill all humans. And it's just the creepiest, like, that's his, that's the boy's grandfather and the guy's father-in-law. And he's going to destroy the earth to make it habitable for the sen, for these Alpha Centauri people. Yeah. But it's very much, I first came to Gil Kane with reprints of the Spider-Man Morbius comic. I don't know if you ever read those, Phil, when Spider-Man gets six arms. Like, Okay, yeah, yeah, I've read reprint, I believe. Kevin, you read those ones where Spider-Man gets six arms? Yeah, that was one of my early things I've read. Yeah. So a lot of those where Gil Kane is punching, like the hero does a full-body punch where it looks like he's a baseball pitcher, and the guy he punches goes flying backwards. A ton of those, a ton of like the, the guy looking off with the other guy in, in shade. A ton of the up nose, a ton of like the multiple heads. Just it reads so like those Spider-Man Morbius comics. I can't get over. And he just builds out the mythology. In issue four, he has a beautiful full page spread with this guy looking demonic with his hands and kind of the sorcerer position. Kind of like Morbius does his weird freaky hands and his head tilted down but eyes up. And he's got his brain exposed and he's blue with a medallion. And he just talks about... He's roaming the universe and uh, worlds newly conceived, still screaming in the agony of birth, just very over the top. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And he creates Gil Kane like monsters for everyone to fight. But it's fascinating. His Captain Action doesn't have a ton of agency at times. Doctor Evil—that's the guy's name when he transforms—resurrects <laughs> resurrects his daughter to torment Captain Action to convince him to stop fighting. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. dark. And he even has yeah. a moment where he's like, oh my gosh, that's my daughter. And then yeah. Captain Action's kid has to slap him. This is really intense for, like, some late 60s silly book. But what's funny is the Alpha Centauri's are the ones that stop Dr. Evil. They say, like, we can't stand to see the humans die so that our old race can live. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. whoa, so Captain Action doesn't even save them. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of yeah. it's the center and then the he end. doesn't even like give them a speech to convince them to do that he no no, no they just notice it yeah remember he was in a funk the whole time the only thing that snapped mm-hmm. him out was his son slapping him and then a page mm-hmm. later the alpha centauri's are like look we've trapped dr evil on our planet we're using the last of our power to restore your planet because it's going to get destroyed earlier they had superman and now the planet's exploding and there's no justice league and he like they put him in yeah. continuity, then take him out. It was just, but, so a lot of it, these last few issues are uh, Gil Kane pencils with inks by Wally Wood, and it's just really fun 
to read that. And then the last one is also dark. It's some Hitler-esque character rising to power, which seemed really popular in the mm-hmm. late 60s, 70s. We've, if you listen to Marvel Noise, we've covered that. And so this cult of personality guy, what he is is he has a dual personality. During the day, he's a depressed guy whose wife died. He just sits in his office. And his mm-hmm. son is friends with Action Boy, and they're protesting the Hitler-esque guy. Well, this guy goes into a fugue state and turns into the Hitler-esque guy. And you can guess, Phil, guess what happens? The kid finds out, and the kid dies, and the guy snaps. (laughs) But what a dark... And again, the whole... I love Gil Kane. He does the kind of Dutch angle where the panel's tilted, and it's a lot of up cameras and everything. Like I said, you could just kind of, you know, paint over Morbius and Spider-Man for this whole bit. And, uh, yeah, and then there's another sequence, which is a bunch of faces of the guy as he goes insane when he realizes his son died because of him that was kind of ditko-esque where it's just all these faces of him laughing and crying and just completely and that was the last issue of it mm-hmm. and i was like whoa what a dark comic but i do like in the back they have all these cool like the toy came with these wonderful comic strips you know how when you used to buy stuff back then, they'd insert them. Yeah. So they like have all these the great... comics sometimes. Yeah, yeah, these great... Because yeah. they're to explain the toy, like, oh, I'm going to use my walkie-talkie to kill this guy. And you're like, whoa, now I have the walkie-talkie used to kill the guy. Type, You know, that sort of exciting yeah. that's going to do that. So I like all the extra bonus weirdo stuff at the back that they're like, enjoy the... Plus, they have a few original art pages, too. And there was all kind of, like, I guess the old ideal toy came with a parachute, and like, like you could buy... I used to love parachute toys. Yeah, yeah you could buy role-play toys with this guy, and uh, there was an Aurora model kit, and then, like I said, the original art pages, because IDW, you know, Scott Dunbeer does those artist editions, so you probably had mm-hmm. those in there. And it was weird reading the, um, the, the uh, letters page, because uh, there was a guy that wrote in a letter whose name is Klaus Johnson, Jansen. <laughs> and I was like, he's a famous uh, comic book guy. He's worked with yeah. uh, Frank Miller as an anchor. Name, but I can't yeah. think of who it is. And I'm like, it has to be, right? Like, what are the odds of a guy in late 60s writing in to a comic book company with the same name Klaus Jansen? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's just there's a bunch of Klaus Jansons and it's really mm-hmm. popular. But I gotta think that's the same guy that you know, in a few years later. Yeah, would and it be, wouldn't be the first time, because I've heard of other stories like that, too. Or, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, that yeah. is awesome. I, I was pretty pleased. I, like, I always look at the letters column to see who is doing it and what's going on. And then the other interesting thing is another guy that wrote in a letter was uh, Marty Pascal. Well, Martin Pascal. But I assume it's the same Marty Pascal that worked in worked in comics with for like uh again started in the 70s and i'm like wow look at all these comic books and then he went on in tv and so and i was just like i love i love when that happened then like you're right phil it happens a lot but Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm always just tickled to think look at these guys writing letters in and then working in but yeah i really thought it was fun the art is beautiful if you like wood and cane and what's not to like and the letters was definitely a big part of her you know, younger years reading comics and stuff. That's why I always liked how Savage Dragon kept it going. Yeah, I like the... Like I said, sometimes you're just like, oh, this guy sucks, or, and you're like, oh, who cares? But mm-hmm. when you see it's someone kind of who goes on... I like the older ones, and like I said, all well, the... I loved when there was questions. Work. That was always my favorite, when someone had questions. Yeah. 
And then they they also uh, and Chick Stone did the artwork and the for the toys and all those inserts mm-hmm. and everything. So he's in here. He's another guy. Yeah, they had a whole page of they asked the writers to kind of solve a continuity issue with the and so they had all these people write in suggestions and if you won they were going to send you a page of original art I'm like Damn. that's neat yeah i don't know who won but phil i need that page of original art <laughs> yeah of money. it was but yeah it's idw captain action the classic collection it's like five issues or something okay, but, and that sounds cool i guess i like the sound of it tons of great back matter big up big up for it but I know Kevin's been uh, champing at the bit to get some Black Hammer in here. Oh, I'm, I'm mightily champing. But, but it was supposed to be a Super Steve uh, oh, do you Black wanna... Hammer segment. Oh, did he read it too? I was hoping he did. But he never read the other stuff. Because <laughs> didn't he... he... He read the... Which one was the one he wasn't keen on? The one... Um, oh, the Starman one. Oh, I love that one. I like where it's the old man, uh, yeah, the Starman type character. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's some indie guys that are reading the Black Hammer The End and are thinking Jeff Lemire, like, reinvented superheroes Mm -hmm. and was innovative and came up with this brand new thing where there's, like, red skies and a crisis is going on. Mm -hmm. I bet you those guys are out there. See, I like the minis the best the black hammer stuff i like all those like tie-in stuff oh i mean uh, i guess this is technically a mini speaking of reinventing the cover on this is from the thing and it's captain action holding action boy who looks dead in that classic pose where they're you mm-hmm. know holding them under their knees and under their shoulder you know that classic yeah like the superman book. holding yeah, supergirl yeah. one yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's the cover of this from 68 so that was uh, a cliche by that way before the crisis one Anyways, go on. Yeah. So do you want to do your Black Hammer, Kevin, or do you want to hold it? Uh, I know we can do some Black Hammer. I mean, what are you going to talk about if we don't talk about Black Hammer? And this this is, might be your last chance, because next episode's Halloween. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Maybe huh? Halloween will get delayed. Or what? Something. Excuse me? Don't, we've been <laughs> positive about this the whole time. We're on track. Boy, that sounds ominous, doesn't it, Phil? It does. Like we're being threatened. (laughs) Maybe the episode will just mysteriously disappear. This is a point episode, and we're more prepared than previous years. We got it. Is it it a point episode, though? Is it really? In my heart, it is. I mean, there was a time when Andrew was numbering the episodes, and then the episodes would go up with a different number. He tried to make something happen, and it didn't happen. I lost the war, Phil. I lost the numbering war. (laughs) Now, I didn't read Black Hammer because I was going to wait for the trade, but I don't care about spoilers or anything. Well, I don't know if there's really a lot to spoil. Probably not, yeah. I guess in in a character sense and, like, the moment-to-moment stuff, like, is, is the stuff that would really be spoiled, but generally i don't i don't think it's i mean i guess it, it's 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 overreaching plot spoilers but it's like i don't know if someone tells you batman's a superhero and his parents were killed in crime hell and he fights crime i'm like are you spoiling batman for them like it's like not the moment to moment stuff well have they set up at all like why this is the end 
No, I, I have no idea why this is the end oh, and the other three ends weren't the end. So it doesn't feel like this is the end yet? I don't think this is the end. Okay. I feel like this is Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Not really the end. But yeah, you have Jeff Lemire and uh, Alachi Ward and uh, Nate Picos on uh, these books. I guess at some point maybe we'll have the original Black Hammer a co-creator um, artist back on doing something. That's why I don't oh. think it's the end, right? Like, he still needs to come well, back and, and do some more Black Hammer, so... Not necessarily. Maybe he's just done. Well, I mean, that, that like, was look at look at, dark. Look I mean, at Hack I know and Slash. Been, but, like, Tim Seeley dropped that, and now other people <laughs> do it. So I don't see why this one neither like to... Well, after he recovers from his uh, situation there. Oh, he has a situation. Yeah. So, he could have led with that. I mean, unless it was went up on Substack or something, but I don't think that's that's a thing for... Well, maybe it's a free thing, but it's not a paid thing anymore for um, this type of stuff. But anyways, yeah, this is the, the latest crisis. Do you remember... Uh, when a bunch of heroes came together to uh, defeat Anti-God. Sounds familiar. And then the heroes had to go away and everything. Well, something's been trying to um, bring Anti-God back. Anti-God reminds me of Granny Goodness for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like a Galactus uh, Anti-Monitor combo type of thing. And wouldn't you know it, like... Worlds are being consumed and are smashing together, and and they're getting to worlds sometimes too late, and those worlds are already destroyed. So you could say, oh, there's there's the crisis thing, but they're also trying to assemble a team of heroes like was assembled before, but sometimes they don't get like their top choice or whatever because that, that world's been destroyed. So some oh, some I like love that kind of stuff. Like, crunching numbers to see what the best combination of, of characters from the remaining worlds is. I love that. That sounds awesome to me already. So if you read Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers, where they're going from world to world uh, assembling Avengers, uh, they're going from world to world yeah, in this. But that's kind of what this comic's always kind of done, right? I know. That's what I... That's why I say I'm sure someone that, that doesn't read comics or doesn't read superhero books will be like, wow, this is a mind-blowing new concept. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, the, the the stuff that makes it different is in the actual reading of the comic and the interactions and all that stuff. Not The, the plot isn't the mind-blowing thing, usually. No, I always thought of it as like a love letter to those stories and stuff, you know? Yeah, kinda. yeah. Because he loves that. that. He loves that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, sometimes people use that in, in like, a negative way. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, this Avengers run is a love letter. But, I mean, you could either take it or leave it. I mean, I mean, you usually heard it in positive things for Black Hammer. But there's, like, a lot of different, uh, like, twists on the existing characters. Like, the guy that was, uh, oh, no, I can't remember his name. The Skull Guy. I don't remember. Wasn't he, Skull wasn't Boy. He, what, was it Skull Boy and Skull oh, Boy Grave Digger? Or Skeleton Boy? Was it Skeleton, Skeleton Boy? Boy? Maybe something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I've read it. But anyways, you have one of those guys, but now he's like the cosmic version of, of that guy. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the only like... mini I didn't read was that one. Yeah. I think that was the Frank Miller like one. But anyways, they, they can't get they don't have their own black hammer because something's been going on. So they're like, oh, maybe we can pull this off, but we don't have like the black hammer. That's kind of kind of weird. And then like you have like characters getting shunted around to different worlds and stuff like that. Oh, and you also get to see some more. One of my favorite Black Hammer characters, the uh, uh, Insector Inspector. He's oh, an I don't insect that's uh, a detective. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. I mean, I love <laughs> the idea. But he's like sort of like a cosmic detective before he's he's went to a lot of places. He's a really good detective. That always makes me laugh. And then he just ends up in this city. He's like, oh, I went from from one limbo right to another limbo that I'm trapped in, and then. Like, oh, the, the townsfolk in this small town were, were going to be all, like, crazy about you and all racist. So uh, you better hide in this truck and then uh, or then hide out in the woods and everything. And I'm like, oh, oh great. <laughs> but, yeah, they're going to – it's two issues in, and they're, they're setting up for, like, their final battle, allegedly. Um, but then Spectre is going to be – doing some uh, investigating to get out of the situation he's in. And then uh, I think we're going to see a lot more different characters come together and different wild and crazy stuff happen. I mean, the artist is, is very much in that uh, Black Hammer vein, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not... I wouldn't say it's, like, super, like, a super indie alternative style. But, you know, it works for the book. I did. I did just check, boys, and the, mm-hmm. the library has some of this black hammer. So you maybe, try that maybe I'll, really maybe I'll check it like out. It. Yeah, I really think you would like it because maybe I'll end up know, being the black movie. hammer guy who comes in late. Well, you you can come in and say, "Oh, guys, I read this great new book, and I tell you about it. You've never talked about yeah. it before. It's called Black Hammer." And it's going to be better than the stuff of mine you've read, like Ginger Dead Man and <laughs> that stupid time we tried Spawn again. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of people trying to get second chances and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of. Um, well, there's like heartfelt moments. Yeah, and, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I'm leaving out like all the interpersonal stuff because I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that for for people to discover. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds good. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. I'm not adverse to. I I, I think you missed it at the beginning of the show. I said I'm going through a bit of a library phrase, grabbing some books from that place for reading. But yeah, I yeah. think the first series was what twelve issues, something like that. Yeah, it looks like there's a whole bunch of stuff, volumes, yeah. different volumes, and everything. I don't know. Might be too confusing for me. Well, I think they put out, funny enough, I think they put out something like library editions. Yeah, but I don't know if the library has those. (laughs) Ironically (laughs) enough. They do have some kind of omnibus thing, but I forgot there were all these tie-ins, and that's the Sherlock Frankenstein and Dr. Endra. And then there's Black Hammer Reborn and Visions and Streets of Spiral and Age of Doom, and I'm like, this looks... Like, a lot. And God bless Jeff Lemire. I mean, I'm sure this bought him a new house, you know, but yeah, a lot. Yeah, I never read uh, the Sherlock Frankenstein one. I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of Black Hammer. Still going. Still going strong. So, Allegedly. 
I'll have to... Well, some of these are dated 2023, so in the trade version, they're still going strong. I think this is the only thing that's 2023. No, these are trades at the library. Oh. Floppy, so it'd be whatever came out, you know. What came out last year? The the sometimes these things. Oh, it must have been the visions, but that was different, yeah. right? World of Black Hammer Volume Five Visions. Yeah, but that was yeah, the that shitty was, Black was... Hammer. You're saying, so I shouldn't <laughs> read that. That that's like when um, Super Steve says, "Oh, guys, I got some manga for you from Seven Seas." It's like the step which is trapped in the dungeon, cooking up some uh, rodents, and I'm like, "What is happening? What is he reading?" And then I tell him it's not the good one. Oh, plus no, but I've seen some respect for for Seven Seas lately. But yeah, you, they usually don't have stuff that I'm uh, immediately drawn to. Oh, plus a bunch of these are ebooks, so you know I'm not reading those. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you need a physical. Won't. Yeah, there are some physical. Maybe I can read a little bit of Black Hammer Boys. Make it fair on everybody. You you read the some of those uh you can read about the endless without the serial numbers uh burnt off there. Alright guys. Should we do one more or should we wrap this up as a short one? Uh, I sort of have one more. Alright. Give it to us, Kevin. Okay. Well, I read uh The Samurai by from Aerosol. I thought this was actually uh, going to be, um, I mean, it is a first issue, but apparently it's, it was, this is, this is near the end of the run. So, uh, yeah, that probably wasn't the best place to start. So we're talking like mid to late eighties comics, right, Kevin? Yeah. Like late eighties. This is like, if you're, if, if. The original run in the Ninja Turtles, if you if they had restarted on at issue like forty seven, and then that was the first issue, because apparently they had like a twenty eight issue black and white run, then they did a three issue color run, and apparently everyone hated it. Or supposedly that's what the editorials like. Oh, people didn't like that we went to color, so they went back to black and white. And then uh, only lasted seven issues. So this is seven issues before the end. Okay, so this is the third series then. That, yeah. Okay, the one from 88. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, looks like uh, Barry Blair's Samurai. But you didn't know this at the time. You just bought it and then wasn't... I had no idea. I looked at the first issue. It was aerosol. It was cheap. I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. You know, and I'm like, oh, wait. Because then you open the first page and like, there's a little summary to catch you up to speed that's like oh the foot clan has taken over the city martial law is installed and our main hero is dead so i'm like oh okay i'm like that seems like a lot i always forget <laughs> spoilers that. for 28 issues of comic for all of air cells like interesting stuff i forgot they also did all those adult comics as well <laughs> i like Aerosol, yeah, comics a lot, actually. And they had the first... The first comic I covered on this podcast was The Walking Dead by them. Yeah, we, they, we've we talked to... I feel like it comes up a fair amount, because didn't someone came out of there that went on to a much larger career? Well, there was oh, I, the... I don't remember. Wasn't there the um, Dragon Ring, Dragon Foot, or something with... There, the, was, uh, there was Dragon Ring was one of their comics. Yeah. Yeah, and Dragon Force... Yes, Dragon Dale yes. Keown. That's who came yeah. out of it. 
That would make sense. He did the Dragon Force comics, and I think plus, some someone covered it. Plus, this I company was in one. Ottawa, also, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're a Canadian yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't mention it in here. I, at least I don't remember reading it in here. That, it, but like, there's character bios in the back, and I'm like, wow, these are pretty in depth. And it says something about Ottawa and everything. Oh, it's under martial law, and I'm like, not when I read the issue, like the. Again, like, I don't know, like, I was thinking, wow, these vials are pretty big. Maybe these should have been, like, in the first page to intro the characters. But I guess these characters, if they don't show up in the issue, or you barely see them, like, they have a history from the other series. That's why they can have a bio. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Know, Plus, it looks like they had Men in Black as well. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, they have some really fun stuff. Like, I've collected uh-huh. a lot when I went on my 80s kick there and 90s kick. And yeah, uh, there's like yeah, I, I didn't get any of the adult ones there though. But it's true, they did have some of those. Oh, just, oh, were they like fan graphics? Like uh, Debbie does Dallas. I'm looking basically at lists of their titles, and it was a uh, Debbie does Dallas type of thing. Mm-hmm. So and some of their properties lived on too after they were gone. Yeah, Men in Black went on to Marvel <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So that's a big I think, title. I think uh, Malibu picked up that company maybe too. What a weird oh maybe it was. But Malibu ended up getting bought by Marvel. So Yep. Silly. And that kills a lot of those indie properties, unfortunately. But I I don't know that like like the art is kinda well there's things I see in here that I see in in um manga nowadays. Where Mm -hmm. like you must have been more difficult back then because it looks like Either there's a photo or, like, someone's traced out, like, a photo. Like, that type of background. And then it looks like the drawing is, like, popped in, like, over on top. Sort of like you see nowadays, I think, where the, like, the assistants will be doing the background. So it's like, oh, yeah, we we want this real hyper-detailed background, but then the, the cartooning is going to be done in front. Usually you have, like, the characters and... Stuff like that. So there's there's some of that in here, which is kind of weird. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, I know that from something else. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they, they would just do something on the computer nowadays. Some of those books must do that. But in here, I don't know. I don't know if you're if you're really doing the, how much of that stuff you're actually doing. It's, oh, yeah, and then the cover is actually the last page of the story which i thought was super weird because i guess there's not a cool shot of after our samurai like runs through a bunch of uh people and then he's with his car and people are like he's back and then he has like this cool shot standing by his car but like the last page is that shot and that's the cover so kind of an interesting decision there i mean it's not really a huge spoiler like you, you don't know like how can you know like it makes like you have no context for it. I mean, I guess if you read the previous series and you legitimately thought they were dead forever, and then you see them on the cover, you'd be like, "Oh, but who else are they going to have on the cover?" Well, I don't. I mean, I'm not super familiar. It's only this show, I think, that you guys, when you were, when Phil and you guys talked about it, that I was a became aware of Air Cell. I mean, that obviously. Mm-hmm. I was around when they started in the early 90s, but I was out of comics pretty quick, and 
if I saw them in 91 or 92, they didn't make an impression on me. Yeah. So, plus, you guys in no, Canada, for me, there's probably a lot more of them up there as it was a Canadian Yeah, company. and I was getting them in, like, dollar bins and stuff, like, at first. I think I've seen some issues in the dollar bin, but I yeah. can't tell you what series like, they're from. But, like, but recently they the I picked issue. up a bunch. Well, it looks like Samurai was one of their big, successful, and Elf Lord were their big ones that, you know, yep. had a long... Elf yeah. Lord I never tried. Uh, Samurai, I have the trade of that. But yeah, Dale Keown, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, he went on to do some things, guys. Yeah, like, yep. I would definitely read more of that Dragon Force if I ever find it, but I usually only see Dragon Ring. Yeah, Dragon Ring was always in the dollar bins. That one was at the common yeah. for that. So, if you see more of the Sam, this third series of the Samurai, would you pick it up or no? Uh, <laughs> I think I would rather get the first series. Like, I don't know if I need any more of the third series. Like, I mean, I guess you could try to piece together a run, hoping that you'd see the first series eventually. I mean, I think. I mean, it's it's fine and everything, but I mean, I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe you got to start. Well, it looks like they're, you know, they're, that Samurai was a big enough title. I feel like it's around. It might be. Like, I, that's one of those things is, is it might be at one of the less expensive cons or something, and a lot of the issues might be there, like a Ghost Rider 299 or something, but you never think to look for it, so. Uh, my comic book shop would have them for sure. That's where I got most oh, of them. Oh, yeah. I would also think that, like I said, because it was Canada, maybe when they went out of business or sold to Malibu, they might have dumped a bunch of stock at different stores up there. You know what I mean? Just whatever wholesale, whenever those guys that buy like 200 long boxes of eight of the same issues or whatever type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't want to pay a lot for them, so. (laughs) What? How dare you, Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) All right, should, should I do one more? Should we wrap it up here, gentlemen? You need to give us one more. All right. Um, I yeah, because ta- you had two books, so yeah, do it. I think I've talked about this before, guys. Sometimes with anthologies, I try it, and I just don't feel it, and then I put it down and come back, and it really makes a difference. And this is what I'm going to talk about. It was uh, a Kickstarter, Nightmare mm-hmm. Theater 2. And I'm pretty sure I backed uh... this because of Don Cardenas does a story. It's like got 19, yeah, 20 stories in it. Yeah. You didn't get Nightmare Theater 1. I don't it remember. It's familiar to me, Nightmare Theater. I think they've had a third one, probably. Uh, I gotta say, I think this is really well done. They're not, you know, this is gonna be heresy to Phil and a lot of horror fans. I don't really care for the horror host shtick. It's only two pages, so I don't really mind. Uh, I'm not too big either. There's just a couple I like, like... Uh... Alvera used to be huge on, and then that one uh, Joe, he does that, he's on Shudder these days. Uh, Joe Briggs, or I forget his name. Oh, yeah, that, that, I, I, the, the real human ones, yes. I'm talking about okay. when they have them in the comics. Oh, in comics? Yeah, I, no, I, I hate that. I don't mind I just if. I skipped that recently, actually, in the comic. If the story, if they have their own story, it's one, but just, luckily, this is just one page in the beginning and one page at the end. So I was like, that's fine. Uh, their character is uh, Shelley Poe uh, Stro- uh, Stoker, you know, after the three big authors. And it's kind of like a 
sexy woman, but with like some scars across her and everything. It's just not. Like, it's fine. It's only two pages, so it doesn't bother me. And I know there's, like, a rich history, and that's just a thing in horror comics. But I don't need it. But just a real fun mix of styles and Mm -hmm. comics. And, look, some of these stories, you can see the end coming from the get-go. But that's fine. It's a five-page story. Other ones, they try and, like a lot of horror, some of them try and say things about... They look at a social issue that's kind of fun. Other ones are just kind of gross horror ones with like a little revenge thing. I will say one thing I would tell people in these anthologies and and, and this one is 99% great, but really, really dial in on the storytelling. Um, it's really hard and I know you want to have like a dramatic image or whatever, but unless you're going intentionally and you can do this too for like a dreamlike non sequitur feel where anything can happen or whatever really focus because there were a few moments where some of the storytelling kind of left me just a few panels and like i said hey this happens kevin and i had a long debate about that valiant comic about what the hell happened (laughs) in this fight sequence so it's not that they're immune to it but i think it's the biggest challenge with these indie books is hey how do we have the cool image and everything great but don't fall prey like storytelling 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 but i really like i said i liked like i said some of them have a little message to say some of them are just your standard revenge type thing a mix of art styles i i don't know the first time i did it didn't do much for me but the second time a lot of you know direct cthulhu homages there was a funny um black and white one that's just comedy straight up and the last one is a straight comedy one which I like. So yeah, all in all, I like the mix. There was only one that the stuff I really don't like is when it's more real life. And there was one that was like a metaphor for child abuse, I think. And that, that's the type of stuff that I don't, and it's a valid subject and it should be talked about, but you know what I mean? Like I'm fine with like monsters and cannibals and stuff, but that sort of, this is more real is always a little, yeah, <laughs> And the other thing is, where do you put that? You know what I mean? Like, they segue off a silly kind of jokey revenge one, and in between another longer one, and you're like, yeah, I don't know where you bury the very serious special episode that has a lot of strong... If not, you know, yeah. Anyways. And then one other thing is kind of... I don't know if there was an editor, because there was another story I liked, but I had a little bit of confusion... There were multiple characters and they didn't do a great job of distinguishing each one but these are real like i really like this and i don't want anyone to be like oh you really got down these are just a couple of things that i feel maybe having someone go over it ahead of time would really help put this into the a level because for me a lot of this isn't oh i like some and i didn't like some that's natural it's you want to make it clear so that people get what you're doing and then they can either like it or not as it goes. But yeah, some real nice. They try and a few, like I said, more serious, more fun, laughter. Also, the some of the Lovecraft ones, I think, were the ones that worked the less for me. But that's just because I've read so much of his and his contemporaries and all that. And I think that's my own personal. Maybe I've just been in that world too much. And I also feel like it's hard to say new things. I think things. so, yeah. Yeah, don't read that Black Hammer with Cthulhu Lou. 
I mean, people have been hammering that both in positive and negative ways for a hundred years. You know what I mean? Like joke takes, serious takes, modern takes. And I feel like go ahead and do it if that's the story in you, but just be aware that there's a good chance a lot of that's been already done, which, Hey, if it's the story you want to tell, it's the story you want to tell. Also, I will say not super, super violent, but a little bit of blood and gore, a little bit of nudity, not crazy but definitely enough adult themes if that's an issue. But yeah, it was really, like I said, despite the fact I first tried it and wasn't feeling it, put it down, picked it back up. I was like, you know, this is good. I'm sorry I missed volume three, I'm sure, or whatever, but worthwhile. If you see it somewhere, it's fine. If shipping wasn't crazy, Phil, I'd throw this in an envelope and send it to you right away. I still may. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's nuts I just, right now. Shipping is just, they need to figure out what's going on with shipping to Canada. But anyways, that's, I wanted to throw that out there as Andy again, you know, got to find the right mood for me with an anthology. It just, it's a lot of tricky business. And so I got to be receptive, but what I am, they work. I'm the same way. And a lot of the times I got to put it down and revisit it sometimes. And then I'll like it all of a sudden. So you have to be in the right mood sometimes, you know, I think particularly with that, we're superheroes. I've just read a billion of them. So I can kind of always sort of, yeah, you know what they're saying. It's easier to go into a, yeah, zone with the superheroes, but yeah, sometimes the uh, the other stuff, you have to be in the right mood. I think that's a good little mini-episode, and as Phil noted, hopefully, despite Kevin's ominous threats. Yeah, I, Kevin, we were, everything was so positively we going, hope, and then you had we, to say that. We hope to have our 10th anniversary show soon, <laughs> Who folks. knows now? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I think, Kevin, you have you dispensed with your uh, catchphrases? No, and since I didn't get my controversial statement in here, I have to put it at the end of the show. Uh, Tom King pulled a Hellfire Gala. Yeah, Elwin also gave you props, Kevin, for taking putting that episode up and editing it. So you missed that. But oh yeah, Phil heard it. So I said, yeah, it. and I then the it. next one will probably be going be going up uh, soon too. So but, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, take care. Keep it spooky, but keep it safe. Bold and brave, strong and true. Bring the lightning from the blue. Captain Action. Captain Action. So super powerful you can change him into nine of the mightiest superheroes of all time. Change Captain Action's uniform and face mask and he's Batman. Fighting crime with his Batarang. He's the mysterious phantom. He's the Lone Ranger. He's Flash Gordon, and he's Superman flying to the rescue. Get Captain Action, complete with uniform, sword, and ray gun. Then get his nine other great superhero outfits. They each come with action-ready uniform, face mask, and realistic equipment. Fighting evil, that's creed. Thundering power, lightning speed. Action! He's ideal!